Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are ya? I'm doing fine. What about yourself? Doing pretty good, thank you. Good, it's good. How has your weekend been so far? It's been a, a really busy weekend, to be honest. I uh, went to Disneyland the other day with my partner and one of my friends um, as an early little birthday celebration. And so I got back <laughs> late Friday and spent all day yesterday working and then all day today working. And so it hasn't really been mu much of a relaxing weekend, to be honest. <laughs> so you went to Disney World and went right back to the career, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what shoots did you do? This weekend. Um, so yesterday I was just doing admin work. Um, I do some personal assistant work for a couple other performers in the industry. And so mm. I was working on getting their content up and live and working on getting my own content up and live. And then today I was doing a photo shoot um, for a, another performer. I also do photography. So I get to play on both sides of the camera. And uh, thankfully today uh, in my tired state, I was playing behind the camera. And so I, I got to spend a couple hours photographing a friend of mine, which was really fun. Oh, no doubt. So so how is how you like being behind the camera versus in front of the camera? I love both. Um, I started behind the camera um, years ago. I took some photography classes in high school and at a local community art school that was near my house growing up. And I've always just really enjoyed being behind the camera and at some point, one of the photographers that I knew was like, hey, Sydney, you should get in front of the camera, too. Like, you're really pretty. You really know how to pose. You know how to give good direction and all this. And so I was like, oh, OK. And I ended up really enjoying being on camera, too. And so I think I don't really have a preference because I just love them both so much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you all day. So look, let me do these particulars and we can get these on the road, OK? Yeah, sounds good. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Smokers Lounge here on Anchor, the perfect app for anyone who's trying to start their own podcast career. All you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get a profile today. You can record, you can monetize those episodes and get them distributed to all the major networks, all this for free. So all you got to do is go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app and start podcast today. I'm your host here on the lounge. My name is Kavanaugh, the Southern Champ, a.k.a. the Porn Rap Star. Y'all know what it is. Find my porn links, my social media links, and my music links, all with one link. I'm talking about all my links, dot com backslash porn rap star. Find the porn rap star everywhere with one click of the button. We are sponsored by the Facebook LS community. I'm talking about lsworld.com. Go there today, get yourself a profile. Mingle with kink-minded people like yourself and even find events in your area that might be listed you might could attend to either continue your journey or start your journey into the lifestyle of kink. And we are a proud member of the GW District Black Podcasting Network. I'm talking about multiple podcasts, giving you the black experience. Plus, also, while you're there, experience some great shopping days. You get the opportunity to buy fashion, health, um, beauty products, jewelry, you name it, they got it from over 500 different retailers, Black-owned retailers. So go to shopgwdistrict.com, support Black businesses, buy, buy Black products so we can build the Black economy so we create generational wealth. Also, every Monday night, Monday Night Smoke on K97 FM, the radio station for the adult film industry, or AKA the porn radio station, Every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be interviewing a lovely lady or gent from the industry as we chop it up about the business of porn as well as no telling whatever else we might just talk about from sex to even culture or even politics. You might look and get some politics conversation. You never know. All you got to do is tune in 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, Mountain Pacific you figure it out at K97 FM Monday Night Smoke. So come tune in and catch this smoke. Now I'm going to be quiet and let this legend in many ways introduce herself. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so hi, I am Sydney Screams. I am a fetish and porn star performer, I guess. Uh, I hate mm -hmm. calling myself a porn star, but I guess I am. Um, I've been in the industry for over 14 years now. 
doing a huge variety of fetishes and doing some hardcore a lot more this year in 2021 than ever before. And it's mm-hmm. it's been a fun, fun journey. And I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for having me. No doubt. No doubt. So why do you say you hate to call yourself a porn star? I feel like a porn star has this, I don't know. It just like, I feel like I'm not there yet, I guess. It, to Mm -hmm. me, I think of these big porn star names like Sophia Mm -hmm. Rose and Tommy Pistol and like all these other people. And I just, I don't feel like I'm quite at that stage yet, but I'm on my way there. (laughs) Okay. 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, in my opinion, because I think you had shot with, some major companies within your time. Um, I think one of them being Plumber Pass, am I correct? Yeah, I've shot with so, Plumber Pass a few yeah. times, as well as Jeff's Models and Rodney Moore, I think are probably some of the biggest companies I've shot with. Yeah, so to me, uh, that makes you a porn star. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because because if you want to be honest, in the annual things, you shot with companies that are AVN known and AVN respected. And not there's a lot they have shot a lot of girls there's a lot of girls that haven't shot you know what i'm saying and yeah. the fact that when you had shot with them multiple times speaks volumes about your professionalism and your skills on camera and you know and the fact that you still been in it for 14 years so it ain't that it ain't that you have longevity in the business you also shot at a high quality in the business at the same time so to me that if that makes you a porn star more so than anybody else nowadays. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. No doubt. So let's go back to the beginning. How did you get into the, the business? Because you, you started a little bit when you explained how you got in front of the camera. But how did you enter into porn? So when I started modeling, I was just kind of like an art nude model. I did a lot of pinup stuff and I was working with a lot of local to Orlando photographers. Um, I did some traveling and one day I was actually hosting a photo shootout where I was behind the camera and a producer was there. He had brought a model that was interested in doing more modeling And Mm -hmm. he was like, yo, you have really nice feet. Can I take pictures of them? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. This sounds sounds fun. This is normal. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up posing for his foot fetish website. Um, I believe it is still around today, footsietootsies.com. And it was really chill. He was really nice. He told me I had really nice feet. And now I, I didn't really realize at the time that foot fetish was like such a big thing. And so that was my very first adult shoot. And after that, I got booked for some more foot fetish stuff. Um, I spent my very first video shoot jumping up and down on a guy like he was a trampoline. (laughs) And it was really fun and really empowering. And I was like, I want to do this. This is where I want to go with my life. And so I started producing my own fetish content. Um, Honestly, living in my parents' house in my bedroom using a really shitty webcam and my messy ass bedroom. And at first it was just like to kind of supplement my van- my vanilla job and like extra money while I was working in college and everything. And I just kept doing fetish stuff and I kept networking within the Orlando community. And as my career within the adult industry grew, Um, some companies started to notice me. So I ended up doing a lot of traveling as just a fetish performer. Mm -hmm. And then um, at one point, Plumper Pass hit me up. I think it was about five years into my career. They hit me up and they were like, yo, you you look really good. We'd love to work with you. And I was Mm -hmm. like, "Ah, I don't know. I've never done hardcore before. You know what? Fuck it. Let's go. So Mm -hmm. I drove down to Miami and I shot my very first boy-girl scene and my very first solo masturbation scene. And I really had a great time. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone was really fun to work with. I felt like such a glamour girl. And I've always really loved this idea of like hyper femininity. And so Mm -hmm. being on set for Plumper Pass, I really got to express that about myself. And they incorporated some of the fetish stuff that I had done at the time, a lot of foot stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of shoe fetish, that type of thing. And it was just really fun. And so I went back several more times to shoot with them. And I had always, I, no matter what, I was always doing fetish content as well. And so it was Mm -hmm. just really fun. And 
I kind of took a little bit of a break from shooting hardcore um, for some personal reasons. And then when I came back and started doing more, like people still wanted to see me doing that. And so I, I really just kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And then in at the beginning of this year, 2021, I, my partner moved in and we talked about uh, doing hardcore together. And then it just ended up that we were having so much fun with it that I started producing my own fetish or not just fetish, but my own hardcore content. And so now I've been able to kind of take the content that I want to create and really grow my own brand. And, and so it's been a really fun roller coaster of 14 years of growing myself as a porn star, a fetish star, all of this. And now here I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, with, with your, because fetish was really your main suit for the most part, um, do you think that you doing fetish as much as you did and it being your main suit kind of was the appetizer and help your fans get ready for you doing boy girl? Well, versus a lot of girls who do fetish, do you? that well if i do boy girl it'll hurt my fan base it'll hurt me with my fan base um do you think that you taking a slower pace boy girl as much help keep your fan base from stepping away because because i because i always hear that that term that girls are worried that if they do boy girl they'll lose fans i always hear that so for me it was really the opposite um I, I had a steady fan base that was growing when I first shot for Plumper Pass. And after I shot for Plumper Pass, my fan base just continued to grow. And this year alone, I would say, has been my most successful year ever in the adult industry. Not just, like, if I isolate my earnings from hardcore, this year alone is still my highest earning income year just from my fetish content because I've never stopped doing fetish stuff and mm -hmm. I have fans that love that I incorporate different fetishes into my hardcore content and I think that some of my hardcore fans have become more accustomed to fetishes because I try to include so much of it in my content you know it's something I'm really passionate about and I really like to have fun and to me fetish fetish content is just so much fun to shoot and so whenever I can, I always incorporate it into hardcore. And I think that I have a really strong fan base because I do both and because they see that I genuinely enjoy what I do. Most definitely. Yeah, because I know when a lot of girls, they, they are solo content creators. They stick more with the dildo masturbation. Um, with you... Do you see, be it with the 14 years, that expanding your territory helps you increase your profits as well as your fan base versus if someone just stick within one lane? For me, it definitely has. Um, but I know that there are some people out there who have been solo their entire career and they do just as well as I do. And so I think I think it all depends on their fan base and how they kind of cultivate their fan base. Mm -hmm. I am a very social introvert. And so people, <laughs> I think, know that about me. And so they see that I shoot with a lot of the same people pretty regularly. And they know like mm -hmm. I'm shooting with these people because I really like to spend time with them and I like to work with them. And I think people really connect with that. And so there's definitely value in being a solo performer. For me, that's mm -hmm. not really what I like to do. And so I put a lot of solo content out there because I, I like to make it. But at the end of the day, I would almost always rather shoot with someone else given the opportunity. Yeah, because it, it, it's it makes it more exciting. You can bounce off that person versus when you're working solo. Yeah, it, exactly. You, you, can get, you can get bored after a while. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, and also my yeah. peers bring a lot to the table. You know, I work with some really, really talented individuals and some people that have knowledge about different fetishes than I do. And so mm -hmm. I love when people come over and we're able to share knowledge about different fetishes that we're passionate about because, you know, one of my friends years ago was like, yo, Sydney, have you ever heard of Vor? And I was like, what the heck is that? And they explained <laughs> it as basically fake cannibalism. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's weird, but okay. And now 
it's one of my favorite categories to shoot because mm-hmm. it's just so diverse and it's so much fun. And I would have never have known about that if someone else hadn't introduced me to it. Most definitely. Now, be it that we're now in the council era, as per se, it, do you think that this era is hurting the fetish genre? Because a lot of the fetishes that people are enjoying, they're now starting to take away from these sites. Um, do you think that it's hurting the fetish genre in any way? And if it is, what can talents do to put out their type fetish videos that the fans like? So I do think that there's a lot of credit card companies, particularly MasterCard, that are really coming down and cracking down on the adult industry. And Mm -hmm. it is making it very difficult to do our job. But the best thing we can do is be vocal about it and encourage our fans to be vocal about it. Because at the end of the day, if no one's using MasterCard, then MasterCard's going to have to go with what their consumers want. And so people have a voice, they have the ability to make changes. And so by being vocal, by signing petitions, um, I think I just saw ACLU put out a petition against Mm -hmm. the new MasterCard changes that were implemented last week, you know, Mm -hmm. signing those, making changes where we can and being as loud about it as possible, it makes a Mm -hmm. difference. And educating our fans is a huge part of that because a lot of our fans don't recognize that this stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because to me, I think I, I'm not even going to blame Mastercard and Visa. I blame the the sites <laughs> because Master. The reason why I say that because Mastercard and Visa said themselves, "We never said for y'all to do the things y'all doing. We just said y'all just pay more attention to your site." And what happened, I think, when that article came out when they were talking about the lady that was raped and they put up the video, it was on one tube site and the writer decided to name everybody. And I think what happened is, is that a lot of these sites are wanting to become more solo content creative friendly than that of boy girl content creative friendly by the way that these rules are being set up because it's not hurting the solo content creator. It's hurting people like me and you who actually use co-stars in our content you know period and um to me it it to me i blame the companies because the companies all they have to do is just pay more attention to what gets put on the site yeah we you know? i mean i think you probably know sex workers have been pushing sites like Pornhub to only allow verified content creators to post content because it hurts all of us like i've had pirated videos posted on tube sites for years and that's Mm. money out of my pocket that's money that makes it so i can't produce more content and so i know i have been very vocal for years now about pornhub needs to verify their sex verify their content publishers because it's only going to benefit them and it's only going to benefit us and you know, revenge porn is a problem. Child porn is a problem. And I would really love every site to come together and be like, you know what, we're, we're really only going to allow content to be published by people we know published it that can provide yeah. the paperwork that shows this is consensual, this is allowed, this is being uploaded by the person who wants to have credit for it. And so... Yeah. I I really wish Pornhub had listened to us years ago because I think that when the Exodus Cry article was published and Pornhub scrambled to delete all that content, that could have been avoided. Yeah, because because to be honest with you, they would just let anybody be able to post and see what ended up happening is that, and I I tell somebody, I'm the kind of person I go down a rabbit hole with. You want us to give you all these IDs, these social security numbers, this paperwork for what? For you to sell this to the advertisers? Because that's what y'all basically doing with it for the most part. Because if technically the way it posted being, and you know this, you know this because you've been in the business 14 years. We never had to give all that paperwork. All we had to do was verify ourselves. Yep. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, because porn became normalized and everybody wanted to be a part of it, not necessarily watch it. They allowed 
people to be unverified to post their porn, not even to make money. Just they just posting to show off. And these people are not going to go through the, the 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 processes that we go through to make sure our shit is straight. The paperwork, the ID, you know the the safeguard and covering our asses type situation, you know. Period. And it was because they wanted that traffic. Let and care let guard in the industry for people like us. Yeah. Yeah, they I don't think that up until recently they ever cared about safeguarding us. And even now yeah. it's disappointing because I I still don't feel that sites really care about their creators. And mm. without creators, they're never gonna have customers, they're never gonna have traffic. And so if they don't care about us, if they just treat us like we're nothing, then we're not going to be loyal. We're not going to give a fuck if we're make if we post our content there. And so I hope it's okay to, that I cuss. I've got a, I got a, oh, <laughs> say pussy, dick, suck, whatever you want, babe. Go ahead. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, the, the sites, they just, they don't care about us. And like, I want clips pulled down so much content from their creators recently, and they didn't mm-hmm. tell their creators, but they told their customers. And to me, that said mm-hmm. that I want clips doesn't care about us. They told mm-hmm. their customers, they sent their customers an email before they ever told us anything that was going to be happening. And to me, that was a really big fuck up that said, I want clips doesn't care. They don't, they don't see the value in what creators are providing them and mm-hmm. so i haven't logged into my own only th- or my own my own uh i want clips for a week two weeks now because mm-hmm. if they don't care about me i don't care about them yeah so true so true <laughs> so true so now back to your shooting yeah <laughs> um, when you do your boy girl shoots or what have you um because of course the conversation which which we want because you do girl girls where it's boy girl. Yep. The conversations of boundaries. Um, give us the different conversations that you have with male talent and female talent about boundaries before a shoot and how important it is to have that conversation, period. So for me, consent is a huge, huge part of shooting. Um, even from day one when I contact the, contact someone to work together, I spend time looking at their sites to see if I think that we would be compatible on film together. Um, There are a lot of male talents who are very dominant personalities and that shows through in their content. And that's great. And I definitely appreciate that they exist. However, I'm not a very submissive person. And so for me, like it's hard for me to visualize how I would work with those creators, not Mm -hmm. to say that that can't happen, But it becomes even more important because I have a lot of don'ts in terms of like, I don't do anal, I don't get choked, I don't get spit on, I don't get humiliated. All these Mm -hmm. things that I don't like that I don't like my brand to be associated with. And so having consent and knowing what people are into and knowing what they're not okay with is so important because at the end of the day, like, yes, this is work. But it's fun work. And if someone comes Mm -hmm. over to shoot and they're just clearly not having a good time, to me, that shows through in the content. And so consenting and talking about do's and don'ts is just such a huge part of it. And, you know, I also shoot with a lot of trans individuals and there are a lot of trans women who can't talk. They can't use their girl dick because it doesn't work very well anymore. And so I always like to be flexible about, am I topping? Am I bottoming? Am I a dominant role? Am I just kind of a playful girl next door role? Am I a subtle dominatrix, like a a MILF role kind of? Mm -hmm. Um, And I love to have those conversations because to me, it's it's only going to make a scene better when we're both putting time into understanding what each other likes. And, you know, sometimes porn doesn't always involve actual pleasure. Sometimes it's just too much stress, too much going on. But mm-hmm. when we get the, the opportunity to really talk about what we like or what we don't like or what we're not comfortable with, 
it makes it so we have a better chance of actually having fun and actually experiencing pleasure on set. And so for me, the consent conversation starts the minute we start discussing a potential shoot, you know? Um, I, I want my co-stars to be comfortable with me. I want my co-stars to have a good time. I want them to get something that they're happy with. And I want to get something that I'm happy with. And at the end of the day, none of that's possible if we don't consent to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. That is so true. That is so true. So now working with transsexuals, um, as you know, back in the, I'm just giving people a history lesson. That was actually a no-no. Actually, that was something that actually got black people blackballed in the industry because porn made it a point to try to separate everything, which has now been completely shattered thanks to this generation, which is a good thing. So working with a, a transsexual, um, one, I know a lot of them are scared to actually, you know, work outside of their norm or what have you. Um have you noticed a difference when we uh, of how can I say percept public public acceptance of working with transsexual now versus back in the day? Definitely. Um, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was this year, like within the last six months, Xander Corvus, who shoots for Brazzers, he shot with a trans woman for Brazzers. And mm-hmm. that was a huge a huge thing because even a year ago, two years ago, cis men shooting with trans women, like you said, they either had to be part of the gay community or the gay porn community or very niche because it would blacklist them. And I think that's really fucked up because, yeah. like, I get it. There is some risk associated with working with people that shoot gay scenes or shoot trans mm-hmm. scenes. But that's why we test every two weeks. That's why we're making sure that we're consenting to things. And, you know, I remember years ago, a friend of mine wrote a blog about how he he did a lot of um, gay porn and he would have people that wouldn't shoot with him still contact him to hook up off camera. And so yeah, to me, it says up. that, yeah. And it says to me, like, performers don't care about that as much as we think we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, my partner is trans. She's fucking fantastic and wonderful. And I, I never want to hold her back. But I also do mm-hmm. see that people are still hesitant to shoot with her because they're worried about the stigma that comes with working with a trans woman. And I think that's really fucked up. Like, She's a beautiful but woman. See, but see, but see dead, I think like... <laughs> I think that that stigma is dead because that was really for Hollywood and who's really trying to go Hollywood now. You feel what I'm coming from? I, I think it does still exist. Um, recently, uh, a good friend of mine, actually, someone that I've known for years in the industry now, um, he had said that when he was ready he would let me know that he was willing to shoot trans stuff but the reason he hadn't was because he still felt a lot of stigma within the industry to not shoot trans content even though he is personally interested in doing it and so i i would love to agree with you that the stigma is dead but my experience yeah. has told me otherwise, unfortunately. Oh no, I say it should be dead, but it should be, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, but but I always say this as much as people say we want change. No, y'all don't. Y'all want it to be the same. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> want it to be the same by the way that you act. You know, period. Because to me, it's it's because the one with Brazil, I applaud them, but I also know the real reason why they did it was to try to generate traffic because this day and age. The major companies are not making the money that they used to because it's the age of the content creator. Yeah. And those sites are making it hard for the mainstream companies to make the money that they used to because people don't want to go there to see their porn. They want to go to OnlyFans. They want to go to fans. They want to go to for sale. They want to go to mini vids, you know, period, because they want the more interpersonal experience, per se, you know. And and the real, I say, the, I'm not going to say reality. No. The real fantasy. You know, period. Yeah. So, to me, that's why I think that, that we're at now. 
and Brazer did it as kind of a throw shit against the wall. My thing is, I want to see them do more of it. Just don't do it this one time. And then for five years, we don't hear you do now trans porn scene or BBW <laughs> porn scene. Then we already know. Then, then you proved my point that you did it to try to throw shit against the wall, which is yeah. fucked up. I think I, there's no value in the genre. Go ahead. I would love to see more companies shooting trans women, shooting flat performers. I guess not just trans yeah. women. Um, I want to see them shooting all trans individuals, all fat performers, you know? Mm-hmm. I think every performer has something really special about them that they can bring to the table that maybe no one else has or no one else has done mm-hmm. before. And it is a money grab for browsers to be shooting with trans women, but it also helps bring change. And one of the yeah. things that I think performers have a lot of power in, especially right now, like you said, it's it's the age of the content creators. We have more power mm-hmm. than any than ever before. You know, mm-hmm. by us making that change within our own content, shooting with trans individuals or shooting with fat performers or shooting with, you know, someone who is gender nonconforming or whatever, we have power to bring change within our industry and when companies like browsers see that performers like me are shooting with this whole variety of people mm-hmm. i i would hope that they would they know that someone like me is like super business minded and i'm doing it because yes it makes me money but it's also really fun and mm-hmm. if they see that creators are making money doing that then i think they're going to start doing it more of it and so us creators we have the power to bring change and I really hope that more performers try to push for that change within our industry and expand and to also, work with. And then, too, it also represents the pansexuals because we yeah. don't have any people that represent pansexuals. Let's be honest. I mean, I, I kind of identify as pan, and I I should yeah. be pretty much just everybody, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Men, women, any anyone in between, really, you know, I... Anyone that I get the opportunity to shoot with, if they are someone that I vibe well with, I want to make content with them. And, you know, me personally, outside of se- outside of sex work, mm-hmm. I am very interested in personalities. And so I don't care how someone identifies. I don't care who they are. I care mm-hmm. about their personality because at the end of the day, that's what attracts me to people is personalities and how we vibe together and everything like that like looks are great but what if someone has like a really great personality that brings out the best in me that is sexy to me (laughs) you know yeah yeah most definitely so so when people reach out to you especially Mm -hmm. on the guys too because that's where the bullshit happens it's not really (laughs) when amongst girls it's with guys so what are some of the things a guy had to bring to the table for you to accept doing content trade with them? So honestly, a lot of guys I, I find are male performers don't know how to approach female talent. And for me, <laughs> for me, I want to see someone who is approaching this from the business standpoint. I'm, I'm not here to date. I'm not here to just casually hook up. I'm here to work. And so mm-hmm. when a male talent approaches me, I want them to have references. I want them to provide links to their work. I want them to provide pr- the level of professionalism, not like, hey, baby, let's do a scene together. Because to me, that screams amateur. That screams someone who is a fan who just wants to fuck. And like, that's cool. If that's what someone else wants to do, I'm not going to judge them for it. But that's mm-hmm. not me. I want to work with someone who understands that this is a job. You know, I, I like to make my content really well lit. I generally have a camera person Mm -hmm. and the number of guys who are like, Oh yeah, I'm not comfortable with a camera person. Like, sorry, that that's an instant turnoff. Cause that generally to me is a red flag that they're doing something that crosses boundaries. And Mm -hmm. to be very frank, like I have yet to be proven wrong about that. Uh, Any, any male talent who's like, I don't allow camera people around, or I don't like camera per- people, or I can't perform if there's a, someone else mm-hmm. in the room, like, they're always the ones that are doing some shady ass shit. And mm-hmm. I don't want a single part of it. You know, I'm, I'm here to make you think stuff. <laughs> now, now, do you think now, 
business, that you've been in the business 14 years. Do you think that part of that is because the content creator era has killed the, uh, God damn it. With, with, I, I had it on the tip of the tongue, the, uh, <laughs> not safeguards. It, it's, I, I, I didn't want to use the term safeguards, but the gatekeeping. I do because, think... because as you know and I know, it wasn't as easy. No, it wasn't. And I do think that sites like OnlyFans and even Minivids have really opened the door to a lot more content creators, a lot more male talents that didn't have opportunities before. And to some degree, that is wonderful. But at the same time, it's also really difficult because some people just don't have the awareness of industry standards. They're here because they want to get their dick wet. And, you know, again, that's not my place to judge. If you if someone's here just to get their dick wet, like, by all means, go for it. But that's not the type of content I'm creating. And so I think that the people that are joining OnlyFans, joining Fansly, joining Minivids, and creating content, they... Not to say that everyone hasn't done their research, but a lot of them don't even know about industry testing standards, and that's mm-hmm. dangerous. That's unhealthy. And so mm-hmm. it it's kind of this weird gray area because some people know and some people understand and some people have spent time doing the research and learning about the industry so that they can be more professional And then you have the people that want to just make content and keep it super amateur. And they're not here to make a ton of money. They are just here to have fun. And, you know, I, I don't judge the part about being here to Mm -hmm. have fun and, and have sex. Like, that's great. But safety is still really important. And, you know, there's things like antibiotic resistant gonorrhea. Like, I don't want that. I don't want any part of that. And now that now that they have medicine, that AIDS can become undetectable with any test is even more serious now. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know there are there are people out there who are having risky sex outside of work and like yes, you know I I really that that's a big part for me of why I am. I stick to the professional side of this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know there are there are I think that are up and <laughs> yeah, I don't think people realize that we literally have to curve our personal sex life a lot in order to be in this business. We do. Because and it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, because we just can't be willy nilly. Even even if you go to a swinger party, you got to be mindful. Of what you do in that swing apart because you might have a shoot to do in the next two days. Exactly. And like for me, me and my partner are monogamous off camera. And so like uh if she was testing and I wasn't, honestly, that would probably mean that her and I aren't having sex for two weeks because I'm not tested. And therefore, by us having sex, she is potentially, you know, heaven for fucking bid, but she's potentially... Mm -hmm passing something along to someone else and thankfully that's never happened Mm -hmm. but the reality is is that's a thing we have to consider as mindful responsible members of this industry is even our own personal relationships and it does suck because you know I would love to be able to be a little bit more slutty I'd love to be able to hook up more but the number of people who are really irresponsible about their sex lives it makes me really nervous. And so I haven't hooked up with anyone who's not a sex worker mm-hmm. for God knows how long now because I just mm-hmm. don't trust people. I I don't trust people who don't know to get tested every two weeks or the people that mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, I've got a clean bill of health. But then you ask them when they were tested last and they're like, oh, I don't know. It's been like a couple of years. Like, that's not a clean bill of health. That's really irresponsible. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, because um, even with, like I said, with me being retired, you know, um, like I said, I hate that the health department is down because normally I go every month, even though I'm retired and still go. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, but that's because of, you know, God bless that, you know, my father. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. He was diagnosed in 2000 with HIV. 
and I always wanted to know my status no matter what, even if I was in porn or not, you know. But um, but yeah, but that's the thing that like like well, a lot of guys that get in the industry don't understand. And even with girls, because even though you're doing girl on girl, you still got to be mindful of that too. Because a lot exactly. of people don't even talk about that end. That it's always about the man being tested. But we never really discussed the girl the the girl on girl side of it. That yeah, both women gotta be tested as well because y'all both eat each other's pussy and you know, trading dildos and stuff like that. Exactly. And like if you're finger fucking someone and they they had they had some sort of STI and you've got a cut on your finger like that is a means of passing along an STI and so there's at the end of the day there's no sex that is completely risk free but it is our responsibility to make it as low risk as possible and people outside of our industry and some people within our industry still don't even understand that testing regularly isn't just so you can be having the amount of sex that a porn star has it's Mm. also so you can have sex pleasurably and without worry and you know i i i don't understand (laughs) the people that are too scared to get tested or they think that they are somehow free from any sti because they use condoms Mm. like you can still get herpes with condoms even if but see also that's part of the reason why a lot of these people don't go full-blown yeah or go into the industry because they don't want to take that risk yeah because they know they will nearly and once you take that tts and that thing come up dirty it doesn't matter if you have committee or gonorrhea your career is done anybody gonna want to touch you and anyone sitting here and say that's not true that no it's very fucking true because i haven't seen girls hack come up dirty with something they didn't get rid of and they couldn't get another shoot to save their life not even for content. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if people are getting treated for whatever it is that they catch, it's okay. Like, not yeah. all strains of gonorrhea are resistant to antibiotics or to, bleh, oh my gosh, I just blinked on the word. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, not all forms of gonorrhea are resistant to, um, you know, medication. But the Mm. ones that are, like, you can still treat it. You know, when I, this is embarrassing, kind of, but, like, when I was 16, I got gonorrhea, and I got treated for it, and now I've never had a problem ever again. Mm. But, you know, there are worse things to have. Antibiotic-resistant gonorrhea is real. It goes around, and there's no getting rid of it. Mm. And I do think that something like gonorrhea is, is kind of, like, not that bad. Because at Mm. some point, I think most people get it, but it does still create a stigma because it Mm. it tells people, oh, maybe there's some risky sex happening offset. Yeah, and And that's the reason why they won't get picked up because they were like, if you was that dumb enough to catch it, then how can we trust you moving forward? Because a lot is trust. At the same time, like someone last week, I think it was, I'm in a a bunch of group chats with other sex workers and someone last week was on set with a male talent who he did a gangbang or something and tested positive for gonorrhea and still showed up for his shoot the next day knowing he had gonorrhea. And to me, that's a bigger problem because he's not getting care of. And so as long as someone gets things taken care of, like, you know, obviously, if it's something that's not treatable, then that's one thing. But if it's something that's treatable that can just go away with the right medication, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't bother me as much because, you know, these things happen. And sometimes it's yeah. it's a bigger story than we're able to see. And so I try not mm-hmm. to judge people because, you know, I, I never want to be on the receiving end of that judgment should that ever happen to me. Of the content creator era because now you don't have to worry about that but so much because one, um, you're not trying, everybody not trying to go Hollywood. That Hollywood set. So if you wanted to shoot with the major companies, yeah, you'd be blackballed. But there might be people outside of that that even though you might have came up dirty, would still give you the opportunity to shoot, most definitely, you know, period. But I just know from experience, not my personal experience, but people that I've known, 
that when it when it came up dirty on the test, it was hard to find people because of that judgment. And you know how people can be. You know how judgmental people can be. Yeah, I try not to be that judgmental person because I don't know. Life happens. You know, I I suffer from chronic pain, for example, and. I've had to cancel shoots because my pain level is a 10 that day and I feel terrible about it. And so I always, I try to treat others the way I want to be treated. You know, I try to be good to people. I try not to judge people. And if someone has to cancel because their pain level is too high or they, Mm -hmm. they popped uh, unclean or sorry, I I hate using that term unclean. They popped, um, they, they, they popped a, a positive for something like gonorrhea. Like that's not my mm-hmm. place to judge. And as long as they, they get it taken care of and they're responsible about it to me, that says yeah. way more about them because in this day and age, anything's really possible. You know, uh, I've heard yeah. so many stories of people that have had something and they had to cancel shoots and they were genuinely like confused as to how it happened or, they they weren't participating in risky sex outside of work but it still happens and so for me i i would never want to be on the receiving end of that judgment and so i don't like to be on the giving end of that judgment either you know in this day and age we in the pylon era where where just everybody pylon they don't even know the reason for what's going on they just see it and they just jump on it and you you know it and and because then you see a lot of people killing themselves, a lot of suicides and, and stuff like that. And to me, it's kind of sad, you know, period. It, it, shit happens. You can't, some things you can't help, some things you can't avoid as much as exactly. you try. You, you know, so she's kind of like the COVID. Sit here and is cautious and, 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 and as sanitary they can be, but yet still able to catch it because yeah. shit happens. Yeah, one of my best friends, she's not an industry person, but one of my best friends got COVID from her delivery person who, like, she ordered from Postmates or something, mm-hmm. and her she got the food, and that's how she got sick. And, like, mm-hmm. to me, that's not a risky behavior. That's normal, everyday living. Yeah. You know? And it sucks because you know, we try to be as safe, we try to be as cautious as we can, but sometimes things are outside of our control. And the best thing we can do is just be kind to each other and understanding of each other and do the best that we can. Because at the end of the day, the only thing we can control is ourselves. We can't control any of our exterior influences or exterior happenings. And, you know, I, I just want to everyone to be kind to each other and everyone to be understanding to each other. And I wish that was more of a world that we live in, but you know, the past several years, even in our own, even in the adult industry, it shows that we're still not there yet. And I hope one day we get there, but I do think we still have ways to go. Yeah. I mean, that's, see, that's a show I'm about to bring you back for, for us to discuss because that's a whole nother hour <laughs> or two that conversation because i swear it's 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 crazy so now let's get to the unsexy part of the show all right this is say <laughs> the dicks get soft and the pussies dry up we talk about the unsexy stuff the real stuff let's talk business now you've been in this business i'm gonna say again 15 years so people can understand her longevity in this business um everybody wants to talk about the ups no one talks about the downs the ups yeah. and downs money-wise of this business. Because it's the one thing that has happened, and which I know as you know this, never before, this was the first year where people wanted to actually state how much they were making with their sites. On girls posting how much they make with OnlyFans, the percentages and all this shit. This is something that we wasn't accustomed to. You know what I'm saying? She agreed, she can testament to that. And it's something that we would never do. You never would want to show no one how much you really make. You know, period. So I want you to speak to the ups and downs of this business money-wise, which is one of the misconceptions that girls have that they think when you walk in, you're going to make a shitload of money walking in. And you're going (laughs) to consistently make a shitload of money, which is not true. And And when the money is down, what is some of the things you do to help pick up traffic and sales? Go ahead. 
So definitely the money in this industry is not consistent. And that's hard because like I try as a performer to be consistent in the content that I make. But at the end of the day, there are so many outside influences like the economy, um, election years, um, forest fires, COVID, everything like they all affect our bottom line. They all affect the income we're making. And I think that it's I think it's not safe to share how much money you make because that opens you up to potential scammers that opens you up to people who are going to leech off you just for your money. And I think that a lot of people end up really jaded because they share what they make and they suddenly have all these people that want to be friends with them, but they're very artificial friends. And so, I mean, I, I am on, I want to say 15 different sites. Mm -hmm. And with those 15 different sites, I am able to pay my bills and I'm able to save money and I'm able to do a lot of the things that I want to do, but I am busting my ass day in and day out to be able to do that. And I'm working as consistently as I possibly can to be able to do that. And, you know, my girlfriend just started in this industry about a year ago now, and she thought she was going to start her sites and was going to be bringing in, you know, a living wage right off the bat. And at the end of the day, that's very unlikely. Not to say it doesn't happen, but the majority of performers are working their asses off to make ends meet. And that's really hard and it causes burnout. And, you know, some of the people, I even in the last year, I've had people that have I've watched them start their careers and end their careers all because they started, they started making, you know, six, seven, 10 grand a month. But then the work they were putting in was so much more than they were able to keep up with long term. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, you can make fast money in this industry, but at what cost? Because to me, mental health and physical health are two things that you have to maintain to be able to do this long term, to be able to do this long enough to really make a living doing it and make a steady income doing it. Because month after month, like, there's always something that's going to either bring up your earnings or bring down your earnings. And if you don't prepare for that, you're never going to last long enough in this industry to make a living wage. And that sucks that people come into the industry expecting to make so much money and then get they get burnt out really quickly. Like, burnout fucking sucks. Yeah, and, it does. <laughs> yeah. It does. And, like... Not to say that I've never experienced it, but I, I've i worked very hard to get to a point where I can recognize that burnout is coming. And I know what steps I personally need to take to avoid that. But not everyone understands that. And not everyone recognizes their own, like, burnout triggers. And so mm -hmm. the people that join expecting to make 10000 a month, like, hey, that's great. If you can do that and do that consistently without burning yourself out, good on you. But I would but see, rather... I think, I think that the mistake a lot of girls make is that when they look, okay, for example, when girls post how much they make, they look at how much the girl make, then they look at her feed, and they see what she's doing. And what they see is, in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, she's doing solo. She's playing with a so they automatically assume that is how she made her money. That's how she got that big payday. Not understanding that it's not, it may not be necessarily based off of her subscriptions. It may not be based off of her sales of the paywall. It may have something to do with her referrals. It may have something to do with her doing live. It may have something to do with her. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like walk in with the misconception and really the, that is women, not necessarily men, because men we got to walk in differently because we got to automatically walk in with a business mindset because we got to find a partner. <laughs> Why females don't have to, to a certain extent. So, it, which I want you to speak to that, you know, saying, period. Do you think that if 
the game was like it was back in the day, do you think girls would have jumped to join the OnlyFans? I think that but I think there were a lot of factors that really drove up the popularity of OnlyFans. You know, um, girls posting how much money they were making definitely helped boost mm-hmm. how much OnlyFans, the popularity of OnlyFans. But other things also were taking place at the time. You know, a, a little over a year ago, COVID hit and people were losing yeah. their jobs and desperate for money. And a lot of people turned to sex work. And it mm-hmm. made there be more competition. But at the same time, it also created this new earning potential for people that they may never have had before. Yeah. And for me, like, it's not even just like, okay, they've got a bunch of referrals or something. But all it really takes is one good customer who tips mm-hmm. you regularly or who mm-hmm. buys a lot of customs or whatever. All it takes is one customer to change your entire rank, to change your entire earnings. I, I have, mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to have a couple customers who order, you know, $1,000, customs from me. And sure, I could I could be bragging about that on, on Twitter or Instagram, but those are customer relationships I've worked really hard on. And for me to be posting or bragging like that is very out of character for me. But also, it doesn't really paint the true picture. And I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about how hard this work really is. It took me years to cultivate those fans that are now paying me that much money for a solo custom video. And people just walk up expecting to get that. And I have busted my ass for years cultivating those those relationships with my fans. And it's it is a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And, you know, I, I love my fans so fucking much. <laughs> and I'm so fucking thankful to have them because, you know, I lost my vanilla career at the beginning of COVID. And if I didn't have those fans that stuck by me, like I, I would have been drowning and financially unstable. And because of those customers, I am able to be where I am. But that's something that nobody really talks about. Like, we talk about the money we make. We talk about the rank we're at, you know, whatever, whatever our percentage is on OnlyFans. And that's cool, you know, if people care about that stuff, they care. Personally, I don't. Because at the end of the day, my rank doesn't mean shit if I don't have customers who come back every single month. And so... Thank you for saying that. You know, I... (laughs) Thank you for have, saying that. <laughs> this is this is something that nobody probably really wants to hear, but I have less than a hundred fans on OnlyFans, and yet I am at the same rank of people that have five hundred fans on OnlyFans because yeah. I've taken time to to really connect with those fans. I've taken time mm-hmm. to cultivate. Let's see, relationships. Let's see you, want know, you want to know the difference because. Those fans that you said are rebuilders. Exactly. A lot of the girls have high subscribers. They're not rebuilders. What they're doing definitely after 30 days and then going back and getting the same subscription that they got before. Especially if the girls is doing the free. Yeah. And for me, I would rather have quality fans over a quantity of fans. Because yeah. at the end of the day, quality is always going to benefit me more. I've never had the benefit of quantity being a good thing for me. And so I would rather have a hundred fans who give me, you know, $10 a month or whatever, you know, than have 500 fans who use my free trial link, you know, like a free trial link doesn't generate me income. And so a lot of people really do expect to just make this money for basically doing no work. But at the end of the day, that's never really going to pay your bills and it's going to burn you out. And I don't know. I just give me the quality fan. Give me the ones that are there for me yeah. to support me, who tip me because they love me. You know, I, I, just I know, really I know you <laughs> how many times have you actually posted a discount and your fans didn't take the discount, but still bought, 
bought materials. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hate discounting my content because I know that people are there for me. And if they yeah, aren't there yeah. for me, then they're probably not really going to be a long-term fan, which is fine. You know, people come and go and all of that. But the, it's the ones that stick around that you build genuine relationships with that will always support you, that will always have your back, that will go out of their way to make your day. And I would I would always choose having those fans over the, the fans that are just there because they want a cheap wink. Because, you know, a, a, anyone can provide a cheap wink. But I provide, you know, an experience. I provide friendship. I've got people on my OnlyFans who I just chat with about movies or they tell me about their their girlfriend and I love that I love getting to know my fans I love being able to cultivate those relationships because if I'm struggling if I'm having a bad day it's those fans that are going to cheer me up it's those fans that go out of their way to return the favor that I've given them and treat them like a human being and they treat me like a human being they know I'm not a sex robot that's just here to diddle myself till they come, you know? And I don't know. I, I just, I, I really do love my fans <laughs> because I've spent years cultivating that fan base and it may not be as big as some people, but I know that those fans are loyal to me and I fucking love that. Well, see, to me, I think that's, it's about happy returns. And a hundred happy returns is better than a thousand one timers. Exactly. Because because what ladies don't realize is within that first year, you might get hot, you might make a shitload of money, but by year two, you sell it to your base. And your base is not going to be as big as your initial. And your job within that first year is to make that settle base big enough to where you can sustain and build off of. And that's part of the reason why girls two in year three because they don't cultivate the base that they have built they're more concerned about the new fan exactly yeah. you see and you cultivate the, the you could cultivate the purpose that returns <laughs> <laughs> you know and I, that's the kicker right there. i i genuinely love my fans and the people that support me i know that they're not like, yeah, they're happy that I'm creating content that they get to enjoy and they get to jerk off to. But at the end of the day, I know that they're they're not just there for that. They're there because they like me, because they want to mm -hmm. have a connection with me. And I have fans who are like, you know what? I subscribe to your OnlyFans just so I could chat with you because I, I know I can buy your videos anywhere, but I want to get to know you, Sydney. And I'm I love that. I would rather have those people that support. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 this crazy. We went a whole hour with no problem, and then want to bump, bump off. That is freaking crazy <laughs> as hell. So, <laughs> but Miss Lady, I I definitely want to bring you back. I want to, but I definitely want to bring you back for more episodes if you're willing to come back. Yeah, I would um, love that. This has been a lot of fun. No doubt, because a lot we didn't even get to talk about. Because I didn't even get to talk to you about your relationship with your your, your transgender mate. I yeah. never wanted to get into that because you're the first person that I didn't actually talk to that have dated a, a, who is in a relationship with transgender. So I would love to hear more about that and stuff. And plus, also pick your brain on more business topics when it comes to adult film. You know, yeah. period. Most definitely. So, with that being said, tell everybody where they can find you, baby. 
So the easiest place to find me because social media is unreliable as fuck. Um, <laughs> the best place to find me is my website, sydneyscreams.com. That's my blog site. It links to every site that I'm on. It links to the social medias that I have. Um, you can also follow my Twitter, assuming it doesn't get deleted or suspended again. Um, my Twitter is Sydney underscore screams. Uh, my Instagram is Sydney Screams. I'm on Pornhub, X Videos, X Hamster, Clips for Sale, Mini Vids. Uh, <laughs> if it's a <laughs> site that sells adult content, I'm probably there. Um, okay. But again, my, my website, sydneyscreams.com, is always the best place to find me. It links to my OnlyFans, my membership site, everything. Um, I've really enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to coming back. You've been awesome. No doubt. I'm looking forward to bringing you back. So people, you know how we end this always. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of experience? If they learn anything, smoke this over. Thank you for coming to the lounge, Sydney. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. You too, darling. All right. Bye-bye.